Biathlon is a unique Olympic event. It challenges participants with opposing athletic endeavors in a singular competition. It combines the heart-pumping aerobic aspects of cross-country skiing matched with the intense focus of precision marksmanship. Two diametrically opposing forces testing every ounce of physical and mental strength of athletes. Welcome to Heartbeat, the U.S. Biathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. With each episode, Heartbeat brings you insights into this fascinating sport. And a big thanks to Heartbeat sponsor, Paul Smith's College, the official higher education partner of U.S. Biathlon. The IBU Biathlon World Championships are now officially underway in Oberhof, Germany, with tens of thousands of spectators expected each day. You can watch all the action streaming live from Oberhof. Just go to usbiathlon.org for the links. Nestled in the middle of the season-long World Cup tour, the World Championships is a singular test to determine the world's best biathletes. For the U.S. biathlon team, a squad of 10 includes both experienced veterans and anxious newcomers. As the championships begin, we got with U.S. biathlon team head coach Armin Alkenthaler for some insights on the season, preparation for World Championships, and an overview of the U.S. team. Now let's head to Oberhof with Armin Alkenthaler on Heartbeat, the U.S. Biathlon podcast. The World Championships are underway in Oberhof. It should be a great couple of weeks of competition. You can watch all of the event live streaming. Just go to usbiathlon.org or social media channels and you can get the links. And we're pleased to have with us tonight the head coach of the U.S. Biathlon team, Armin Alkenthaler. And Armin, thank you so much for joining us late at night on the eve of the World Championships. Thank you, everybody, and um, hope we can have great championships here. Well, I'm sure that you're going to. I, I know that you have only been there a few days, the championships just getting underway. What has the atmosphere been like in Oberhof? Well, it's, um, they for, forecast a lot of, a lot of uh, spectators, 160,000 will attend to those uh, really, really great uh, competitions. And we are excited to actually represent the United States here on the ground and the motherland of biathlon, I would say. It really is the motherland of biathlon. You were in Ruppolding a few weeks ago in Germany. Can you give us a little bit of history on Oberhof? Uh, it has long been a great Nordic center, a big center for biathlon, but just a little background on how important Oberhof is in the world of biathlon. Yeah, Oberhof uh, was... Um, a big uh, sports center already in the GDR back in the days. And it's one of the, if not the main training center in uh, in Germany. It has all the facilities you can uh, just imagine, like a roller ski loop. They have two roller ski loops, actually three shooting range, indoor shooting ranges, uh, treadmills. They have a lot of other sports um allocated here like bobsled and and the luge then they have like ski jumping and you can just imagine a yeah sports paradise can you give folks a, a sense of where it is in germany i know it's in the eastern part of germany i have been there but what are some reference points to give people an idea on where oberhof lies within the country of germany it's uh, about 45 minutes from erfurt erfurt or close to Suhl. those are the the two towns next to Oberhof. The region is called Thüringen. So that's that's about where Oberhof is located. 
Yeah, it's an interesting place. Uh, Erfurt is, is actually a wonderful city. I remember visiting there. Let's talk about the preparation that you've had. I know that you had a final camp in Antholz, but what have you been doing with the team to get them prepared over the last 10 days to come to the World Championships and perform at their best? Yeah, after after three-week block of racing, which was very tough for all of the athletes, we tried to go back to the basics to get in touch with some of those those workouts we didn't have time over those three weeks of racing done that for the first part of uh, the preparation we touched a little bit the intensities and tried to not overdoing so that they got that they go at a cost and just you know basically sharpen sharpen the 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 bodies to be to be ready actually to compete although we had a couple athletes um struggling with sicknesses which wasn't wasn't great and uh, we faced quite a lot of that this season already not just in january but also in the first part of the racing season uh in december we're really unlucky for with sicknesses so hopefully we are over that now one of the things that has always intrigued me is you have a World Cup season that begins uh, in late November, early December. It goes all the way through March. Many of the athletes are on the road the entire time. And you're, you're really measured by your performances across an entire season. But right in the middle of it, you have a singular event like the World Championships. How do you manage the mental and physical aspects of, of athletes peaking for that big World Championship event? I mean, um, to be successful, it takes a couple of years, I think, to to actually reach mental toughness and fix physical toughness. The, the athletes basically go through uh, two trimesters of racing, which means that in the first part of the season, in December, November, December, they have like three, almost four weekends of racing. Uh, continuous racing, and that's about three races per week. And then in January, there's not a block of three three uh, weeks of really hard racing. Very often I faced, or it's kind of a, a normal thing that after a couple of years, people, athletes get used to that uh, heavy load. If you face that the first first year or second year or third year of your of your career, especially for a North American athlete, it's kind of it's kind of tough to to handle that away from home. Uh, a lot of racing, a lot of excitement. The sports is the sport is very big. You you face a lot of uh, pressure. Sometimes it's not like a pressure you you think you have, but it's like somewhere underneath, and you just realize by the end of the season that it such a World Cup season is very very hard. It's kind of like you need to go through one, two, three years to actually realize what it means to race every weekend and then hit the world championships and try to be in shape. Let's take a look at the U.S. team. There are 10 U.S. athletes on the world championship team in Oberhof. Uh, it is, as typically you'd expect, a blend of veterans and some newcomers. And Let's talk about some of the veterans first. Can you give us a little overview on uh, some of the top veterans that you have on this 10-person U.S. biathlon team at the world championships? I mean, Sean, Jake, Paul... On, on the men's side, uh, we know what they're capable for. 
Sean already had a had a podium in a single mixed relay with Susan Dunkley two three years ago, and has a couple of really good results. So has Paul uh, on his side already a couple of years of experience from now. And um, same for Jake for Jake Brown. Although for Jake and Paul, their career isn't that actually that long like it would be for European athlete. But those those guys we can count on them. Um, they're strong, they're prepared, they're mentally tough, and they they will do for sure their best job possible. Then we have um, the younger ones on the men's side with uh, Maxime and Winston. It's their first time at the World Championships. They both did not have like a consistent season on the World Cup yet. So they were like, especially Maxime, on and off from the World Cup just to make sure also that we don't overdo it, although uh, also because he's still a junior. So we try to protect him a, a little bit for too much racing on one side. And um, because the past history showed us that often if you overdo it, although an athlete is like performing, it can be too much, uh, especially if we look the years which coming up so it's better to to get in touch with it a little more slowly and in a conservative way Vincent um had a had a really good season he's coming coming from a good training season he has done a tremendous development he managed to uh, raise the IBU cup have really good results there had a good European championship and he he qualified through those for the world championships now and he is the fifth guy on the on the on the team who qualified for those world championships and I think we have a really nice and good mix of younger and older athletes on the men's side it was interesting to look at the results from the Open European Championships just a few weeks ago. Uh, both Maxime and Vincent, very, very good performances. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, they did awesome there, and it's been a while that we didn't have that that great results, especially coming from young athletes, and that's very encouraging. And I hope those results will encourage also a lot of young biathletes in the United States to train hard, to put in the work, um, and. I mean, those two guys showed great uh, improvement uh, by just working, simply working um, hard and yeah, and now getting rewarded with some great results and actually ending with uh, a nomination for the, for the big event of the year at, at, here in Oberhof. We had a chance on Heartbeat to talk to Vincent Bonacci. You can look that up. Uh, it's episode 11 this year of Heartbeat, a great interview with him heading into the World Championships. Over on the women's side, Deja Irwin and Joanne Reed, two great veterans now leading the team. Talk about them. Yeah, we we both both had uh, lately a little struggled a little bit with uh, sickness, especially especially Deidre lately. Unfortunately, uh, it comes to a not like good time but she re she's recovered since a couple of days and um, she's she's gonna race tomorrow in the mixed relay and hopefully she can find back slowly to her good ski performances she she had actually in the beginning of january so i'm i'm confident and uh, she is a fighter she's a, uh, a good fighter so i think i think she she's gonna she's gonna jump back pretty soon 
Joanne also had a little bit of um, sickness earlier this month and uh, over Christmas. And it was a little tough on her. She really didn't get rid of it. Uh, it was pretty common in this season that some of those sicknesses last a little longer. But uh, today, actually, in the training, she she felt really good. Was encouraging encouraging training leading up to the mixed relay for tomorrow. So I'm pretty confident that she will do a great relay leg uh, in tomorrow's race. Let's look at the other three women. Some really interesting stories. Every one of them a little bit different. Chloe Levins, Tara Garrity, Motes, and Kelsey Dickinson. Each one of them has a little bit of a back, different backstory coming into the World Championships. Yeah, it's uh, very, very different stories they have. And I think that makes the team so interesting. A lot of different experiences like come together and it's the first championships for all three of them. Chloe, Kelsey, and Tara, they just will have all a start, a start this, this next upcoming competitions. And I hope they can, um, you know, the experiences they collected in past and on different pathways to bring them uh, into this team and also be able to perform at their best. Although it's uh, not easy to, to do it the first time, but sometimes that's a positive thing because you don't have so much expectations and you just go and you just do your job as best as possible. And yeah, I think I'm pretty confident that they can do their best results here at the World Championships. One of the stories that's been very interesting to follow this year is the return of Chloe Levins, who missed almost the entire season last year due to complications from COVID. But she is now back and, and has had a pretty good season, made her first World Championship team. She made her first World Championships team. She made um, she made it the first time. She managed the first time to to race all the races on the World Cup. She has um, done good training over the over the season. Uh, she has um, a really really high percentage in in the shooting, which uh, helps her a lot to perform uh, on regular basis. So I'm pretty happy with her first season on on the World Cup, and hopefully she can uh, continue to to improve in the next couple of years. Armand, let's look at the event overall and what you're really looking for, for for over the next few weeks from the athletes. Obviously, everyone would like to be on the medal stand, but there's many other metrics I know that you look for, individual performances. What do different athletes hope to take away from this experience at the World Championships? If you go to these championships, of course, everybody wants to be at his or her best, but the most important thing is to always continue to learn and if it doesn't work out to look positively into the future and the next day you need to do it again even though the day before was a good day or a bad day the next day you have to do it again and um, that's the learning i would see from an athlete who has a winning winning mentality you cannot just you know, sit down if you're successful or like um, put yourself down if you don't. So you need to be aware that every single day counts, not just for the day after, but also for the future. So getting getting better every day is very important. And hopefully people or 
our athletes get excited by all the environment around those world championships because they're really big. They're really big in Europe. And hopefully that excitement drives them to train more with high quality and bring this excitement also to athletes who train on regular basis at at their home venues in in us and hopefully they transfer that that excitement in a good way so that they inspire actually people in in the us i think inspiration uh, from these world championships and transfer that to athletes in the us is is the most important thing yeah, that is just a really good outlook on it. And I'm sure that the fans are going to be inspired. Uh, just to remind everyone out there, you can watch all of the coverage live. Just go to usbiathlon.org and you can get the links to the live streaming coverage. Just a couple of final questions, Armin. Uh, this is a long time period. It's a 10-day championships. Uh, uh, the athletes are st- trying to stay focused during that whole time. But you also manage an entire staff uh, from your technicians to uh, all of your coaches. How how do you guys strike a balance and just keep going every day to support the athletes for 10 days straight? Uh, it's um, very simple. We have a lot of passion. We're motivated. We want to bring this sport make the sport popular in in the us it's we we all have a a drive athletes and stuff to be successful and um i think it's just pure passion to which drives us and that's um it's a beautiful sport. It's like a very exciting sport. Things can change every every second, uh, every loop, uh, from shot to shot, and it's just uh, such a wonderful sport. And that's, I mean, we we can have like wonderful results, and the day after, you don't even know what what just happened, <laughs> and uh, it's just uh, fascinating just because of that. It's like it's like life. It's like uh, life is going up and down, and the same is happening in this sport it's not a guarantee if you win the day before that you will win the next day and that's the very exciting part of it and you learn a lot about yourself about how life actually normally works outside from sport oh those are great words armin one last thing any message to all of the biathlon fans back here in america one message Uh, just stay tuned and cheer for us and follow our passion support us the best way possible and most most of it just uh, wish us good luck and of course that the health stays with us uh, in the next couple months years to come Armin Alcantalar, the head coach of the U.S. biathlon team at the World Championships in Oberhof best of luck to you and the athletes over the next 10 days thanks Armin thank you so much Thanks to Armin for his insights and preview of the World Championships in Oberhof. Before we go, I want to send a shout out to Paul Smith's College, the official higher education partner of U.S. Biathlon. Paul Smith's College takes pride in the programs that it has established to offer athletes a college education and sports-specific training, all nestled in New York's Adirondacks. From an outstanding trail network to its eight-point biathlon range, Paul Smith's College is a great environment for athletes who want a small college located in a sports-centric region. To learn more, go to paulsmithsbobcats.com. That's paulsmithsbobcats.com. 
If you missed earlier episodes of Heartbeat this year, check out the fun interview with Fede Fontana inside the Waxer Medant Holtz, as well as our pre-worlds conversations with Tara Garrity-Motes, as well as Vincent Bonacci. You can watch all the World Championship action streaming live from Oberhof. Check out the links at usbiathlon.org or on the US Biathlon social channels. Remember to subscribe to Heartbeat to get every episode delivered directly to you. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. Thanks for listening to Heartbeat, the US Biathlon podcast. And don't forget to watch the World Championships live from Oberhof over the next week.